Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Five Yard Rush, live from Indianapolis, here at the Combine with my man. No, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. We can dream, we can dream. Murph and I in the studio this week, very empty without the ice to kicker boys, I do have to say. Murph, how are you? Yeah, good thanks, mate. Um, I mean, I've never had a big dream of going to the Combine, so... You can, if you do the combine, I'll do the draft. All right, that's fine with me. <laughs> I, I think that, I think, yeah, I don't mind the combine, but it's, uh, it is what it is. I, anyway, I, I, don't see want, I don't want to go for the combine to watch the combine. I just want to go and rub shoulders with the NFL schmooze. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, when I'm GM of the Giants, which I'm still waiting on a tweet or an email from them, then that can definitely happen. It would be nice if you that did be happen. my representative. Thanks very much. I'll, uh, I'll, as, I, as my co-GM. I'll, I'll carry a briefcase because that will definitely make me look important. <laughs> I'll uh, get you one. I think once you carry a briefcase, well, actually, maybe that was true in the 80s, not so much anymore. Yeah, it's all about iPads and stuff now. You work uptown. Does anyone carry a briefcase anymore? Yeah, you're about 50 years old. If no, you're 50 a... and upwards, you carry a briefcase. Anything under that, it's satchel bags or rucksacks, really. Yeah. It's all branded rucksacks. Companies give them away now, like, oh... You've uh, you've you've made it in this job. Here is a branded rucksack. Talking of branded rucksack, we need one of them. I, w- I would use one of those on the rig if I. I'm going to make one. I'm going to so do that. Anyway, Rush Nation, welcome to the beginning of the week show. Yeah. To this week, special guest later on in the week. Yeah, it was supposed to be today, but um, things happen in a fluid in the podcast world. That's so it. and in real life, so uh, guest will come later on this week. Will probably drop maybe before the start of the weekend or on the weekend. Perfect. So we're going to be talking about some combine today because, as you all know, it is going on ATM. We've got some other news, and then if we get frank- franchise tag news, some Murph on the streets is making a surprise off-season return. He said it there is. wasn't going to be any, but there is some. I've not even read them, so excited. And then if we've got time, we'll be doing some some mock drafting 2.0-age using Draft Network's mock draft machine. I don't know. I've not seen that one. Is that good? Really slick. Really good. Okay. Best in the business. Best in the business. They launched it last week, and it's brilliant. I've yeah. spent many hours on uh, TDN. Can you can you do fantasy stuff on there? Or is it just purely based on the real life? No, no, it's real life drafting. It's uh, you can do your own big boards, so you could rank all your prospects, um, which I'm still in the process of building. 
um, and then a you can do mock drafts so you can do one where you can just be one team and it will simulate what the draft will do or you can take a few teams and sort of play around with it or as we're case we're going to do all 32 if we get time yeah well that sounds exciting I want to do it now. Let's just sack everything off and just go straight into it. <laughs> let's just make time for it and make sure we do it. Right then, let's talk about this combine. I would like to go. Murph's not so fast. Any standouts of the combine, Murph? Well, actually, let's not start. Let's 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 talk with the big news from the combine first. Let's yeah, t- I think go with the big news, and then we can go with uh, we can go with uh, some of the standout news. Right. You've been vocal recently about DK Metcalf, how he isn't the beast that he sort of showed at the combine. I'm now in the camp that I don't think he's as good as everyone is saying he's good. Did he display well at the combine? I think it, it depends, right? Everyone got so excited. Twitter broke when he ran a four three three, and I'm sitting there thinking like he was always going to run a quick time. Like anyone who, I no one maybe expects him to go quite that quick, but it's that's not the end or be all. John Ross ran a four point two two, and he's now getting traded after two years in the NFL. He's just not done it. Like the the thing is, everyone looks at the forty time and goes, "That's going to make him amazing for a wide receiver." And, but he, there are so many other factors that are important. I was more impressed with his bench press than I was with his forty time. His forty time was, I wasn't excited about it at all. But his his uh, three cone and his twenty uh, yard dash were just. I mean, they were just horrific. I mean, he'd been better off not testing. Um, but the twenty yard shuttle and the and the three cone were. I mean, to put it in perspective of how bad they were, someone should have grabbed him to one side and said, don't do those. <laughs> like, just don't do them. He ran He ran his three cone was worse than Tom Brady's. And Tom Brady's Is 40. not notoriously known for being quick. No, his 40 was over five seconds. Correct. Josh runs a faster 40 than Tom Brady. Well, there you go. Is Josh a six-time uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback? I can't. There you go. I couldn't tell you if he's done it on Madden or not, but in real life, definitely not. <laughs> so his he finished in the bottom three percentile of both those categories. In fact, he was in the first percentile for his uh, twenty yard shuttle. So when you're talking about being able to deviate at speed, and you know you're thinking about those cut routes, and you're thinking about you know separation from quarterbacks and quick ability to like turn and shift, he scored really badly. <laughs> Really badly. So he's going to be really good in a straight line. Well, yeah, so <laughs> there was a, I don't know whether it was NFL.com or one of the big sports people on Facebook put out a comparison of him and Julio Jones and how, well, it, 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 let's just, the same height, same weight, all bar eight pounds, Julio's eight pounds lighter, and uh, 40 yard, DK ran a 4.33 and Julio ran a 4.42, so pretty quicker there. Um, and then yeah, DK jumped 134 in the broad jump and Julio jumped 135. Vertical jump, Metcalf was 40.5 and Julio was 38.5. And then the bench, obviously, DK's bench was unreal, 27. Um, I was impressed by it. And Kiel Harry as well, he knocked out 27 reps too. Yeah, I think Kiel Harry did a, did a good job at the combine. I think, um, I mean, we, we can talk about the combine as its whole. Combine doesn't beat tape. No, no, no. And what I was, I, what I was alluding to here, Murph, is that if you then look at the the three cone for Harry and Jones, Jones's is six point six seconds, whereas Harry's is seven point three eight. Do you mean Metcalf's? Sorry, yeah, Metcalf's was seven point three eight, and that is a huge. Talk about a second, nearly. Yeah, nearly a second difference yeah. in the three cone. What was the twenty yard shuttle? I don't have that in front of me. Oh, okay. Sorry, that's just I'm looking at something provided on a group chat I'm in but it was interesting to say so Josh texted me drink and he said he's a beast and I said well actually he's not a polished route runner like he's very good at getting over the top and open but we saw with John Ross if just being able to run the nine route doesn't mean you're going to be a good receiver and actually if you watch his feet his footwork when getting into stride to catch a ball that's in the air and his footwork on the sideline or in the end zone is atrocious. Yeah, it's not good at all. He trips over himself and if you can't, like, he's not, no one really can run all nine routes of, of the tree. And we've, we no, know, of course not. But then you've got to be able to run more than one. And, and you look at someone like Julio, who's technically one of the best. He's in the top three wide receivers in the league, technically. Yeah. He runs anything you want him to. His hands and his feet are unreal. Whereas DK, I mean, people were saying how good he is, but production-wise, AJ Brown, he's the other Ole Miss guy, right? Yeah. 
they had exactly the same production over the games they played together. Exactly. And and the thing is, DK Metcalf has played less than one full season of college football. So this guy hasn't even got that many reps. Over the three years he's played. Yeah. Exactly. He's been injured. He's had notorious injuries. Um, he's just not... A, I just don't see what everyone is seeing. And when everyone is sitting there going off about how he's now moved into top eight consideration, I'm like, oh boy, I really hope... I mean, I really hope someone is stupid enough to take him, yeah. but I don't see it. I don't see, I, I would have him, I'll be honest, if I was sitting here as a GM of, of a team, I wouldn't look at him before the third round. I don't even think I'd look at him there, because he is so raw. He needs so much work, and how good he's going to be, I don't I don't know. So there's a great tool out there, and uh, if you're really interested in some of the names, there's a, a tool out there called Mock Draftable. You can just Google search it and it will come up. It's a free tool. What it will do is it will take the combine stats of your favorite player, in this case, DK Metcalf, and it will tell you the percentile in which they scored in. And DK Metcalf looks like Pac-Man. It does look exactly... I can confirm that it looks exactly like Pac-Man. Because his 20-yard shuttle and his three-cone is so, so bad. But it tells you as well, player comparisons. So I'm going to just list five players here. Uh, No, I'll list four. I'll list four players here. Prize if you know all of these. Uh, John Baldwin, nope. who uh, you know came in the 2011 class uh, at the University of Pittsburgh. Mark Harrison, wide receiver, uh, came from Rutgers in the 2013 class. And these two have been more well-known. Chris Conley uh, from Georgia, who is now on the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, Kenny Britt, who has knocked himself around the entire league. Is he still with the Browns? I don't know where he is anymore. He was at the Patriots. Might be the Patriots, Browns. Rams. I, think, I think he was at the Patriots. He's not at the Rams. He was at the Rams when I went to see the, the Rams. Rams Giants, and then he, I think, he's went... not around the league basically. But basically, he's never found a home. Um, so yeah, so those are the Just, sorts of players he's being uh, compared to. So well, you've not got, quite your Julio, Julio Jones. I'll tell you who impressed for me, and that's Hakeem Butler. Yeah. Do you have his mock draft ball in front of you? Right. Is that capable? You? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he showed really well, and yeah, Riley Ridley did okay. I think. Kelvin Harmon didn't have a great combat. I don't think he showed out too well. Um, I, I think the, I think they're all kind of a much of a muchness. I know it sounds pretty terrible. I think they all did okay. So, Akeem Butler, his is interesting. So he was uh, quite smart and didn't do the twenty yard shuttle or the three cone. <laughs> I was like, oh, where's his? It's not there. So he didn't he didn't do those. So very high. Uh, arm strength, like arm length, 99th percentile, hand size, 98th percentile, wingspan, 98th percentile, height, weight, all 95, 98th percentile. His bench press wasn't quite as good, um, 78th percentile, so he did 18 reps. His broad jump was good, 88th percentile. Uh, vertical jump, 57th percentile, and his 40-yard dash. Uh, so he did his 40 in 4.48, which put him in the 64th percentile, but I think if you're running under four five, you're in pretty good nick. I yep. don't think you need to be sitting there worrying about. Um, he's been likened to. Ah, this is interesting. Demarius Thomas. Tick. Uh, <laughs> Equinius St. Brown. Yep. There's going to be a prize here. I can feel it. Nah, Rodney Smith. No, I'm out. Mark Harrison again. That guy keeps coming up. He's comparable, that chap. Yeah, very comparable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, so he tests quite well. He's a bit more even across it all. But yeah, interesting. Definitely check out Mock Draftable. It's really interesting to see where people rank. And it gives you all their stats from the Combine. Uh, for those of us that are perhaps like me, sort of not as high on it. It's just a nice tool just to I'm gonna spend, reference, make I'm, fun of. I'm going to be spending most of my evening now just Mock draftable everybody that was there. Just for, for giggles. Yeah, absolutely. See what sort of shapes I can draw out of the circle. <laughs> Get it's, another Pac-Man on the go. I don't think you're going to get anyone like that. No. Um, speaking of uh, impressive 40-yard times, Quinn and Williams. Yep. This is probably the only... There were only two times I looked at the 40 and was impressed. And one of them was Quinn and Williams. Yeah. He's fast. He's, well, considerably fast, considering he weighs 300 pounds. What's his exact weight, do you know? Uh, I think he's 308. Okay, so 308-pound man ran the uh, 40 in 4.8, and then he topped it with a 4.83 so yeah that's really fast that's i mean he could have ran the 487 and said cheers i'm done with that and he decided to, he thought i'll go better and goes runs a 483 i mean for 300 pounds that's 
That is motoring. Like, you have to... That's faster than me. I know, it's ridiculous. And I'm 180 dripping wet. <laughs> so he's like nearly double you. Yeah. Yeah, he's double me on a healthy day and, and he runs, I don't know, probably 1.2 seconds faster than me. No, 0.2, I reckon. It, it was impressive. Um, that did impress me. And the other one that impressed me was Montez Sweat. So he set the record for the fastest 40 by D Lyman since they've been doing these times, which is uh, 2003, I believe. Um, 4.41 he ran. I mean, that is rapid. This kid has had some some meteoric rise since the Senior Bowl. He was kind of like, everyone was talking about him as a second round pick. He had a really good Senior Bowl. Did we have him in our first round? Yeah, we did. Where did I put Monta? I put him towards the end of the first round. I know we definitely did. Uh, Green Bay Packers at 30. Nice. Well, he made our top. top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like, I like him. Um, I think he's... He's probably now a candidate to go in the top 15, top 10. Top based, 10. Based on what he's done. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with this, but if you do something standoutish at the combine, you tend to jump up the board quite a lot. And I think Montez Sweat is in that uh, category to do it. Talking of standoutish, Kyler Murray, by not throwing, do you think that's a good well, He didn't or... do anything, did he? He turned up, got weighed and measured, and so cheers him off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the important thing for him to come in over 5'10", and he squeaked it by a hair. Yeah. I. It's an interesting one, because he came in at 207. So did he just put on a load of weight for the combine, and he now feels sluggish and therefore doesn't want to throw? Do you think that extra 10 pounds affects your throwing? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it takes your timing. If you think of it as a cadence, right? Think about, like, your golf swing. Yeah. So, if you think about anything that you do that alters so your body shape, body size, muscle mass, is all going to change the way that you do a, a mechanical action. So, yeah, I think it will... It, it, I'm not saying it's going to be the end or be all, but I think it might have been enough to make him feel a bit uncomfortable and not do it. I don't know. Maybe he just decided he, he's arrogant enough to think, oh, I'm the best quarterback here, sod it. I think you should, yeah. I, I see what you're saying now, because I definitely had a better golf swing when I wasn't hitting the gym. When I was skinnier, I had a much more fluid and snappy golf swing as opposed to when I, <clears throat> as opposed to when I was heavier from gymming it. And so yeah, that's. Do you think he then strips the weight off? Hundred percent. That's fair. I think, I think it would have been nice to see him throw though and don't and say to these chaps, "Look, I am the best quarterback in the class. This is what I." I never expected him to, so I just think he, he doesn't really value the process. He's doing everything that you really wouldn't do to try and make yourself be a number one pick. He's just kind of just out there saying, I'm this, I'm that, take it or leave it, boys. Um, and that's his choice, it's his decision. Um, I, if I was him, considering that I still have questions about how seriously committed he is to football, considering that he got drafted in the MLB draft. Yep. I do question that desire to want to play football for for ten years. It's a big thing for me. Um, I I think the kid's got talent. I think he's got. I said it when he won the Heisman. He definitely deserved the Heisman, but I just don't know about his long term. And I don't like the way he's managed this draft situation. I don't think he's come out of it with any with any real uh, class. And it would make me question, depending on the type of organization, locker room, for example. If he went to Jacksonville, where there's already fiery characters, and you could throw another one in there, that could be interesting. Yeah. Do you think he goes number one to Arizona? No. I just I just don't see it. I just think it's posturing from the Cardinals. I just think if you're... As a GM, I don't know how you survive that. I don't know how you survive trading up to get Josh Rosen, which is what they did. And then going from trading up to getting him, saying that's your man, to a year later, going number one and taking a quarterback. I don't, I don't, I, as a GM, you're losing your job for that. Well, don't do that at the Giants when they come knocking. Well, no, absolutely not. I mean, typically GMs, if you're lucky, you get to draft one first round quarterback. If you stick around to draft two, you've either won a Super Bowl or one. A lot of playoff games and maybe knocked on the door, maybe been to a Super Bowl. And so you're talking about there's a few people like this now. Um, Jason Light, the Buccaneers, in this bracket of he picked first overall, 
we're near five. This is make or break for, and the, he has gone all out to get the best coach on the market in Bruce Arians to make it work because he knows if it doesn't work this year and they're not in the playoffs, the guy's losing his job. Yep. He knows that. He knows he's gone. If they have to go and draft another QB, that's that's kind of the unwritten rule in 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 the league. So for, I don't know what Kaim is thinking, thinking that he can get away with it and think that that's going to be acceptable to just burn that kind of capital. Yeah. I was listening to a thing today that said he's, Joss Rosen was in the top three talent-wise for last year's class, which I don't know if I agree with considering he went... I 100% believe he was. You think he was in the top three talent? 100%. Okay, cool. Well, I'm basing that on where he got taken in the draft. And Yeah, but I think, I think Buffalo looked at Josh Allen... And they wanted a project. I know it sounds stupid, but I think they wanted a guy who's very big, very th- physical, who could take a lot of hits, who is a who's a dynamic player. You think they traded Tyrod Taylor, right? So Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback before, very mobile quarterback, and I think that's what they wanted. And, and although Allen wasn't the most mobile quarterback in college, he's the one with the size and the, the strength that is the one that could be the most mobile. So given the kind of system they've run. That kind of made sense. I don't wouldn't have paid what they paid to move up to get him, but that's a different story. I think Rosen Rosen was always seen quite badly that he had this chip on his shoulder. And I think he was written across quite badly. And I, I actually really loved the way he came off the stage at the draft. And he was really pissed off at being the fourth quarterback taken off the board. Yeah. Like, he was annoyed. And I, for me, if I'm a GM, I really like that. Like, I really want people to have something to prove. Because I think they're the ones with the desire, the hunger to be the best. I And I think now, if Rosen's in this class, he's the best prospect in the class. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I think you put they put him in an absolutely terrible situation last year. Oh, he was set to fail. So but it was understandable. I mean, that you can tell they did not want him to play as many games as he did. Because you're not paying Sam Bradford $20 million. No. But he was so bad. It was like, might as well. They they were better off getting a, a cheaper quarterback um, who could play a year, not even a full year, eight, ten games, and just be a mentor. Just get a decent guy. Fitzpatrick there would have been perfect. Someone who could play a few games, teach the guy, take him under his wing. Yeah. Whereas Bradford had his own career to save. He's not interested in, in training a, a number one or a first-round draft pick. Yeah. But... So this, they were saying on this thing that Rosen was considered top three last year, which we've just put the stamp on that he was, and, and Kyler Murray is better than Rosen was last year. So they're saying that he would have been in the top three if not. I don't know if I buy that. I I really like Kyler Murray, but I, the thing with Rosen is you know he's all in. And you know that, listen, the, kid, the kid's got attitude, and but the, it's that kind of attitude you can mould to... All the serial winners in this world, anyone that you talk about sports people, always have that chip on their shoulder. That they've got knocked back, that they weren't given this chance, that they weren't given this opportunity, that they had to work for it. That grit, that determination, raised from difficult surroundings. Whatever the story is, everyone's got one. Even Tom Brady. Tom Brady has always got that chip on his shoulder where he looks around and is like, I can't believe you're not calling me the best quarterback of all time. Hmm. Look what I've done, and I'm still having to go out there and prove it every Sunday. Like it's like, and that's what motivates him to be better. Yeah, he's not doing it from an arrogance perspective. He's motivating himself. He's t- spinning this narrative in his head to say, "I'm the best that's ever been." These people don't know it yet. I'm going to have to go show him, and that's why he's great. It's that there, there's things that make people very good at what they do, and it's not just NFL. Everything. And it's that that little piece, it's the 5%, the 3%, the 1%, whatever it is that you can dial into that some people have and some people don't. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. And I, I don't know if Kyler Murray does. But he might do. But It was interesting to hear the guy talk as well. He was, he was comparing, he was saying Kyler Murray, the situation isn't showing Kyler Murray's skill and ability the way they're going about this whole is he going first to the Cardinals and stuff? Because I've not seen much of his tape at college, but apparently he was quite good last year. And he won. Oh, yeah, he won the Heisman. Yeah. I mean, he was a good player, like very good player. But a lot of it's system, and a lot of it is down to, you know, he made the throws. But the NFL's a different game. Yeah. Every week you're playing against elite players. and Do you think, do you think he, because he came from Oklahoma like Mayfield did, do you think 
because they said the same thing about Mayfield that it was the system that made him so good. Do you think he's as good as Mayfield is? No. Do you think he's as good as Mahomes is? No. Okay, interesting. Because they were saying that people say Mahomes is so good at what he does is because he's his dad's and his baseball background and the way he can do stuff with balls, other people. But then Murray but, got drafted as a baseball player, so has the same skill set as the baseball player that Mahomes. But what makes what makes Mahomes an incredible player is one, he's very grounded. Two, he got an entire year to learn the NFL. He played one game in his rookie year. Three, he was all in on football. Could have gone. He could have gone and been in the MLB. Probably, he's probably good enough to get drafted. Yeah. I don't know if he was as good as as Kyler Murray was at baseball, but he was. He was a good athlete. Could have done anything. But that that arm he's got, that weapon, and the, the control he has with it. There aren't people. There aren't many people that have that. That's that's the difference. Is with Mahomes, he has a unique talent that he can harness. With Baker Mayfield, it's that leadership quality. He walked into the Browns, won that game, took the whole team on his back, won that first game against the Jets in the comeback, and said, boys, I've got this. You've had nothing at this position for 10 years. I'm I'm the new daddy now. The way he carries himself in, in press conferences and everything, he comes across as a leader. Yeah. And that's what makes him great. It's these you can you can align your talent as much as you like, but the things that turn good players into great players is that something extra. I haven't seen that something extra from Kyler Murray yet. But then he's not had the chances that the other two have had. Yeah. So in two years' time, he might very well prove it. But I really don't like looking at oh, well, where would this quarterback go in this class or the previous class because. It's a different set of circumstances. I mean, he had a very good year. He's got a lot of weapons. He's got a good arm. Um, he's mobile. He's quick. Um, I do suspect that his reading of the game is a bit subpar. Okay. But he's a good talent. He's best in this class. But I think he's only getting talked about it because this class is it's pretty poor. So if you stick him in last year's class, then, for instance, where do you think he goes amongst last year's class? Is he a little? Is he so? You said he's not better than Baker, so that's definitely not one. He's not better than Baker. He's not better than Donald. He's not better than Rosen. Rosen for me, for me, what I've seen. But he's better than Allen and Jackson. I'm not a big Josh Allen guy, but the one thing Josh Allen did is he 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 came in the NFL. He did, he grabbed it by the by horns. the horns and and went for it, and I respect that. He gained my respect. Listen, I think he's better than Jackson. He probably is better. I mean, yeah, he is. He's a better technical prospect than than that. But does he have the kind of heart and the passion for the game that Josh Allen does? That's the part I'm not sure on. Okay. That's the part I'm really... I'm not all in on him because I just don't know about... I don't know about him. I don't know... If he's all in on football. Correct. Okay. So where do you... Let, let's say he gets drafted first round. Where do you think is the best spot for him to go? Like, say if he went to the Giants, is that a good move? No. There's no way he goes to the Giants. Giants don't want him, and he, he, I don't think that's a good move for him. If Ari- I'm Arizona, let's say they do take him at one. Is that a good move? Arizona potentially. So say that, that the whole Rosen thing gets resolved. The The problem he's going to have at Arizona is very similar to what Rosen had. Then if they're going to invest the draft capital in getting Murray, I don't know what else they're doing. So you've got an aging Larry Fitz and you've got an unproven, untested Christian Kirk. Doesn't really fill me with a ton of confidence in what he's throwing to. But he's working with an offensive coach who has this air raid system and this unique uh, offensive scheming, but he was fired from a Big 12 school in Texas Tech. So how great is it? I'm, I'm not all in on Cliff Kingsbury, so I don't know. I think if you tie yourself to a coach like that, who is already, I think, on the radar for not necessarily all the right reasons, yeah. I don't think he gets a lot of time. And they've proven with Steve with um, Steve Wilkes, they'll make decisions quickly if it's not going to work. If you tie yourself to that system and that coach, you might only get a couple of years and you'll be like the next RG3. So I think, for me, if I'm sitting there thinking about where... He can go and be his best self. Jacksonville, if he can sort the dressing room issues out and the culture, 
I think he's got a good young core talent, maybe not necessarily a one, but everyone will be clamoring there wanting to build a relationship with him. He's got four or five serviceable receivers there that he can work out relations with. I quite like that. I don't think any of those receivers are elite, but I think they can all do a job. And he's with John D. Filippo, who is very good with young quarterbacks. So I think that is something that would be a good spot for him. Um, Denver? Do you like him at Denver? No, I don't like him at Denver. Not in a defensive scheme where they, you need a big, strong guy to take hits. And the the the, the draft capital is going to be spent on, you know, the, the, the defensive line, the secondary, and they might bring a weapon in if you're lucky. He's got good young receivers, but... You've got a defensive-minded coach. They're not going to go all-out offense. Um, I think they run the ball quite a lot, so I don't think that's the best place for him. Tennessee would be decent, but I don't think they're taking him. But that's a decent landing spot for him, but I don't think he goes. Okay. Let's say, because that's the first time we've come across that you've said it's been okay. If he goes to Tennessee, let's say Tennessee is possibly his best landing spot with his best options and op- and offense how good do you think he could be fantasy wise in that situation i think he's someone you have to draft in the rookie draft this year and then and i think he he is where do i think what in his rookie year where do i think let's say next in in the next within the next five years is he going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy he's a top 10 quarterback okay in the right system with the right ingredients with the right mixture again you need a lot of things to happen for you to make that possible. But I I see him as someone from a fantasy perspective be a top 10 quarterback. But I don't see him being a one or a two. I don't see him. I, I think if I'm looking at his ceiling based on maybe QBs that have been drafted in the last few years, I think his ceiling is about where Goff got to this year. But I think he's a bit more flashy and a bit more showy with it. Is he more big lights than Goff? Yeah. So he wouldn't have choked so hard in the Super Bowl. I, I mean, that's possibly not fair on Goff because I think it's a. But I mean, but I think they they could suffer from similar issues about doing it on the big stage. About you know how much coaching do they need, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think it's a difficult thing. But I, I think for me, that's kind of his ceiling. That's maybe a, a QB six, QB seven. For his first few years. That's kind of where I see his ceiling. I just don't think he's going to challenge. I, If you're asking me, is he going to repeat what Mahomes did? Absolutely not. Just doesn't. I don't think he's got in his locker. I'm not sure that we'll see that again come first year of real football from anybody within our fantasy lifetimes. You know, he had one game, like you said, Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, week 17 of 26, 17, 2017, and then had all of 2018 to come out and be Pat Mahomes. But yeah, I don't think we see that again. More combine chat. Nick Bosa ran 0.02 seconds faster than his brother Joey did in the 40-yard dash. So it just shows you the genetics. Uh, you're in the family. You've got the same sort of stuff going on. I suppose the Manning brothers proved that. I mean, Joey went three in the draft. So Nick has everything to be a number one draft pick. He didn't do his combine chance, his draft chances any harm. Um, he did what he had to go and do. They, you know, they did the graphic where they had Joey as a hologram right. running with him. Um, so he, it was very close, like the whole way. So, um, but Nick edged him out. Tested, I think he tested slightly better than his brother. I think he's a better prospect than his brother. Um, and his brother's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I, I, he's an he's a bona fide number one, number two uh, draft pick. Quinn and Williams, I think, running that four eight three could move people ahead. I think for me, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, and Josh Allen are the one two three best players in this draft yeah. I am telling you now that they will not go 1-2-3 but they are the three best players in the draft if you're evaluating talent and I think all the combines done for me is confirm it I, I don't disagree I think I like like you said earlier watching tape is better than the combine Yeah, because the stuff that matters in the combine isn't the stuff that people are shown and care about so everybody it's it's on telly. Everybody watches the guys in their Under Armour run the forty and do the three cone, and but we don't get to, we don't see how they are in interview. We don't see how they are in the evening when they're sitting down to dinner with different teams and what they're actually said. And it's the same thing with Darius Geis last year, wasn't it? When he sat down with a few teams and told the Eagles he didn't want to play for them or whatever. I think it might have been. I, I might have got that wrong, but no, yeah, 
he, he did that with a few teams. He really turned them off with his attitude and he slid to the third round when he was arguably the best running back in the class. Yeah. So, um, and do you know who has done that this year? Mm, tell me. Your your favourite, favourite player, Ja'Kai Polite. Okay. Have you have you heard about... I haven't. What has he done? So, Ja'Kai Polite um, went and interviewed with uh, a couple of teams. So, first of all, his 40 time... Um, was terrible. I mean, it was it was really bad. Um, I'm trying to see if I can pull it up here. I think it was like a 480, uh, a 484. That's pretty bad. It was really bad. Whatever he, it was in the four. It was 48 something. Right. I mean, it was it was terrible. And then what he did is he then said he had a uh, hamstring injury for the last ten days, and then pulled out of the rest of the. Um, the rest of the, the rest of because he did so badly because he did so badly, and then he had a meeting with the Packers. Um, so, and then he stupidly went and spoke to um, reporters afterwards. So I'll read this. It's a really short exchange. I'll read this. Go for it. So polite goes. They were bashing me. Reporter asks, "They what?" Polite goes, "They were bashing me." Reporter goes, "The Packers?" Question mark. Polite, yeah. Reporter, why? polite they were trying to figure out my character that's their job they're supposed to do it i'm not being a crybaby or anything that's their job i just didn't know to expect it reporter was there anything they ask you that they kind of threw you for a loop polite no just character questions accountability then when they turn on the film bad plays reporter they show you the bad plays polite yeah they don't show you the good plays (laughs) and then uh, as it came through, um, it turned out that his interviewing with another team was so poor that basically it came out that he has never watched himself on film. Well, not never. You know, when they started playing the tape of him, he looked completely bewildered at seeing himself playing. So he has never watched game film. Wow. Like, this kid, he was a first round lock. Um, and I've watched him play. He's a very, very good player. But he is absolutely tanked. I mean, you're talking about he's had the worst combine arguably ever. Yeah. I mean, he's done so badly that if he gets picked before the third round, he's probably got lucky. But he has cost himself a lot of money. Because I think he goes top 15, top 20 in the draft. But I don't think he does now. He did talk about his great interview with the Rams and said that's where he wants to go. So maybe that's his safety net. But hmm. I don't think he is making it through. I tell you, who didn't have a great combine was uh, my Florida Atlantic boy. No, he was pretty poor as well. <clears throat> but I think I think he's still got he still do a job in the NFL. I think the way he runs, he's an absolute wrecker. So he's not the biggest of backs, but it takes a few men to bring him down, and I think he'll do a job somewhere. So come on, Devin, you can do it. I just don't know if he's going to get a chance, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, let's move on to some other news, shall we? Oh, can we not mention Noah Fant? Well, okay, come on then. Hashtag Fant. I love Noah Fant. Ran a 4.50. He did. Absolutely beasted it. This is how good. So we talked about how bad DK Metcalf's uh, three-cone and 20-yard shuttle was. Mm-hmm. So he ran the three-cone in 6.81, which put him in the 95th percentile. And he did the 20-yard shuffle in 4.22 seconds, which put him in the 79th percentile and then did the 60 yard shuttle at 11.49 which put him in the 91st percentile this kid's got wheels yeah like it, he is going to be so good isn't his weight adjusted score like one of the top 10 from since 1983 at the combine or something ridiculous in what way uh some uh, i think overall his ras numbers or something are top 10 since 1983. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like i don't know what that but whatever that means is ridiculous considering how many people go to the combine and i mean he's got ridiculous numbers like in terms of what he can do i mean the the question with him is he's got small hands but even then he came middle of the road so like He's going to do well. He's he is going to be fantasy wise. He's it's hard to see if he's going to be. It depends on his landing spot. But if he gets a good landing spot, he could be really good year one. But year two, year three, year four, he's going to be electric. Do you know where I'd like him? Denver. No, well, I'd love him at Denver. But I think Oro. Trouble is with Noah Fant is he doesn't block. Mm-hmm. So you need a team. Well, he does. But he just doesn't. But he's he's not, not very good. He's not. Who's the other good um, Ohio tight end that came in as well? Oh. um... 
Iowa, you mean? Yeah. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, him. Sorry. Yeah. He he apparently he's the all of, he does everything as a yeah, he does. Just he's not as offensive minded as Fant is. Whereas I think if Fant you need to go, he needs to go to a team with a strong O line. Whereas if he's not on the O line, it doesn't matter. So I think imagine him at the Saints. Oh my god! Yeah, that'd be unreal. <laughs> that'd be so sick. There's so many faces. Houston, even though they haven't got a great O line, I think it'd be good there. Um, I think he's got a lot of places he can he can do really well in. Um, I just I love him. He tested better than OJ Howard did when OJ Howard did the combine from Alabama a couple of years ago, and the Bucks took him at seventeen. So, I think Fant goes early. Do you? I do. I think Fant's going top 15. Wow. And not because of his combine. I just think his combine might have sealed it, but I, I'm i I'm all in on Noah Fant. I think he's a great prospect. I don't even know who's picking at that point to be able to offer you where he could go. Well, you're looking at uh, that sort of range. You're looking at, um, since he's at 11... Who need a tight end, so that could happen. Um, Packers at twelve, I'd argue they need a tight end. That could happen. Uh, Miami won't because they took Gasecki last year. The Falcons, oh, don't like that. I don't think the Redskins will. Denver at ten, Buffalo at nine. I, I think they'll probably go more on the line. Uh, Detroit at eight, they probably go defensive. Who knows? He's someone that you could consider trading up. Panthers at 16. They've got Ian Thomas, but if they're not all in on him based on last year. Uh, Vikings, probably not. Titans. Mm, I don't know. Be interesting. We'll see what happens. The Titans O-line is pretty good. It is good. I, I, Titans would make sense at 19. Oh, I imagine that. That'd be a, that'd be a nice little uh, pickup for them. Although, but they have a lot of young tight ends, so I'm not sure if I can see that. Well, Murph's boy. No offense. Didn't do himself any harm this weekend whatsoever. Nope. Be interested to see what comes. I noticed as well that players are in this year's class. They can, if you compare them to AJ Green, Julio Jones, Beckham, that ilk, they're all bigger, faster. But then I wonder, corners. All right, it's not a great corner class this year, but size-wise, I wonder if the the top prospects in this year's corner class are bigger in comparison to the corners where of the class is gone. Because I don't, because the game is moving towards the passing, and you're getting bigger, freakish athletes at the receiving. Obviously, you're going to have to mirror that with the corners and DBs. So it'd be interesting to see if safeties, and especially corners, are bigger as well and faster. That could happen. It could be. Um, to be honest, outside the top three corners, um, I, I'm not confident I'd be taking one really. Um, no, I'm, I'm not saying they have to be a good prospect, but I'm saying size, strength, and speed wise. Are they comparable? Because everybody goes on about, oh, this year's class is massive and they're, they're going to change the way the NFL... But then if equally the people coming in at defense, defense at corner are the same size as the people coming in at receiver, that completely nullifies that option because the game's spreading in an equal trend. But you're looking at some of the D-liner coming in a bit lighter, a bit quicker now because the game is requiring speed. So um, Maybe at corner because that speed is required. Who knows? It'd be interesting. I'll look up the numbers, actually. I'll do some research and feed that back to you. Because I think also, as well, people aren't as well informed on that side. of the, I mean, offense, you know, we play fantasy and 90% of fantasy is, is just offense. So if you're purely a fantasy player and you listen to us just for that and, and we salute you all, Rush Nation, you, some people, the, the defense isn't necessarily as well publicized, I suppose. Is that right? I think it's just harder for people to understand and harder for people to get excited about. But it's still something I think is appreciated. Um, I think when, when you, because people play fantasy and it's dealing with those offensive players, like you sort of mentioned, everybody's kind of like, everyone knows, you know, Deshaun Watson, everybody knows, um, you know, Jared Cook, everybody knows, Patrick Mahomes, Eli, uh, Saquon, everyone knows these players because they've been playing with them for years but with defensive players, unless you play IDP that's not the case, but I think fans over here are becoming more knowledgeable, they understand more the requirements and if they're all in on their team, they can name their roster, Um, so I think it's good to keep raising the profile of why this is such a strong class and all the Combine did was confirm that this is as good a defensive class as you've seen probably in the last 15, 20 years. And there's a lot of talent in there, a lot of good players. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens. And on draft night, if you are one of these offensive purists, then 
night one might not be the most exciting night of your life, other than when the QB moves happen and a couple of... I don't think more than two wide receivers go in the first round. Um, running back? No, <clears throat> I can't see a running back in the first round. I just can't because the rest of the class is too deep. Yeah. Maybe someone punts on Josh Jacobs at a push who yeah. didn't do anything in the, in the combine. Literally didn't do anything. Do you think he's the best running back in the, in, in yeah. the class? I, I just think for his skill set and what he's good at, um, and he hasn't carried the ball. Like Normally when... When you're looking at players, you want to see their production in college. When you see a running back, you want to see decent amounts of carries to see production, but you don't want to see loads. So Devin Singletree, your guy, had in his last two years, he had 560, 570 carries. It's quite a lot. So he's already got a lot of tread on his tires. Yeah. Which considering, like, is he going to be a three-down back? No. So that might not hold him back, but that will worry people that he already has a lot of snaps. Whereas... Jacobs shared the job and he proved how good he was and efficient whilst only snapping like 160, 180 times. So that's kind of the optimum where you want to be. You want to show what you can do without necessarily putting too much tread on your tights as a running back because your career is already short by 28, 30. You're in most cases, unless you're elite, you're done. That's fair. That's a perfect storm almost, isn't it? For for him in that situation, there are enough snaps to show that you're good, but yeah. not enough to. It's very rare, but it, that that I think is part of the reason why he's he's a number one pick uh, for running backs. And his partner Damian Harris, you think he's got what it takes? Yeah, I, th- I think there's. I think it's a decent running back class. I don't think there's anyone outstanding. There's not a. There's no Saquon. There's in no class. Saquon in this class. Like I think it's a good class. I think you're looking at anyone who's in the top five, six, seven running backs in this class. I think we'll have decent careers. Um, the other thing you've got to remember is you. there seems to be this trend of a lot more uh, two combination backs. Um, like the Saints with like Kamara Saints, and Ingram. Exactly. Um, I think you're going to see more of that because you're going to get more use out of your investment. I think what the Rams have realised is that Gurley might not be able to, and it's in a, the news articles we'll get to, might not be able to carry the same load year after year so maybe they run him as a uh, in a, not a committee but in a designated two running back the Browns do they've always had two running backs they tend to use or obviously they've got a favour and preferred one who will do most of the work um, I think you might see that in Atlanta you might see that in a few places but uh, Tampa maybe this year well, I think that's the way the league's going seeing as we just talked about Gurley in other news Gurley has re- is reported to have arthritis in his knees knees or knee that was ACL repaired I thought it was knee, but... No, it just says knee on mid-dock. Yeah, I think it was knee, but... Yeah, um, I heard it was in the knee that he had his ACL repair. ACL in. And I think that makes sense, considering, obviously, the kind of repair that that has to go through. So. Just just want to say I've not yet got it. Touch wood. No. Let's hope that never happens. <laughs> Moving on to another running back. Alex Collins has been waived by the Baltimore Ravens after he was arrested following a car crash. It's not great news for Alex Collins. Great news if you own Gus the Bus in any dynasty. Yeah, um, shame, but I I don't know how impactive he was going to be, but oh well. Yeah. Sixth straight season, the NFL salary cap is going up by $10 million and is officially $188.2 million. Yeah, so $11 million raise. Um, everybody get your checkbooks out. There's a bit more money to spend. Woo, not here though. <laughs> Uh, Packers running back Aaron Jones denied any discontent between Aaron Rodgers and former head coach Mike McCarthy when he was a guest analyst on Friday on NFL Total Access. Uh, Where else do we go now here? Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end, undergoes ankle surgery. Now, he wasn't on the injury report all season long and didn't mention it during the season. But I think it was. I think it's just been stated as a clean up. It's just a clean up. Yeah. So it's just a clean up um, operation. So um, nothing, nothing to worry about. He'll be back for um, mini camps. Should we talk about Antonio Brown? Yeah. Why not? Why, why wouldn't Brown, we? <laughs> why wouldn't we? Has said I don't even have to play football in an interview with ESPN, and it said I don't even have to play football if I don't want. I don't even need the game. I don't need to prove nothing to anyone. If they want to play, they're going to play by my rules. If not, I don't need to play. Obviously, I want the game, but I don't need the game. There's a difference. I don't understand what he's trying to do. <laughs> like, 
I, I said this on the pod last week. He, he's like threatening to get out. It's clear that the Steelers are happy to get rid of him mm-hmm. for the right price. But he's like, now, if I'm sitting here as the GM of a team thinking about oh, Antonio Brown, do I want to go for him? These words don't fill me with any encouragement. He goes on to say, like, you know, they're going to have to play by my rules. If you get me, you do as I tell you. And do you know what Larry, Larry Fitzgerald's response to this interview was? He basically said, he doesn't know how good he's had it in the NFL. And considering that, you know, uh, Ian Rappaport broke just under an hour ago, that the three teams coming out of the combine that have uh, appeared to be the most intrigued in Antonio Brown are the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Cardinals. No thanks. No Um, thanks. No thanks. (laughs) You know, maybe, maybe he should go back on his knees and grovel and stay in Pittsburgh because... None of those are landing spots that are going to make him uh, entirely happy. None of those look like they're going to be... I mean, the Broncos could potentially be a playoff team relatively soon. Um, but the others are going to need a lot of work. Um, and I, I, I tell you now, he will not get on with John Gruden. If he goes to the Raiders, that is going to blow up hard. Because John Gruden is an authoritative figure who puts people in their place, who runs. he runs it really really tight like he in Tampa he pissed off a lot of guys but they won so he he got away with it but he's not gonna he's not gonna take Antonio Brown's uh lip shall I say yeah let's hope he goes somewhere better than that for our dynasty shares we now have in him (laughs) we'll see what happens yeah so moving on Cowboys D-lineman David Irving was suspended indefinitely for violating the league's policy and program for substance abuse. Not great if you're Cowboys D-line. It's not the first time he's done that, so hence the indefinite suspension. Uh, they didn't cut him, though. So, yeah. who knows? That says everything you need to know. Podcast favourite, Colt McCoy. Yeah. So, Alex Smith's likely out for the entire 2019 season with his infection in his repaired leg. Get well soon, Alex. The Washington Redskins have a vacancy at the quarterback position. Or do they? Our boy Colt McCoy has got the confidence of the coaching staff. I like this. I like this a lot because we took him real late in Dynasty the other day. The last round. Yeah. We took him in the 24th, 25th round. And there's nothing to say they don't draft someone or bring someone in. Oh, of course. Like, But... If you're sitting there in with a speculative pick in the last round of a draft, you're thinking, eh, take a punt. Hey, if you get a starting quarterback in the 25th round of a dynasty draft... Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> it's sterling work. So, uh, yeah, had a little sneaky suspicion that would happen. So, uh, so, yeah, good for him. Good for us. Moving on, the Jets have put a high price on Robbie Anderson. The team have placed a second round tender on him. He's a restricted free agent, but... I don't know if he's worth a second round. We'll find out. So we'll find out if someone wants to pay uh, a second round pick for him. And then even if that happens, the Jets have the right to uh, match the offer. So I guess they're they're pushing it out there to see what they want to do. Um, I reckon someone. I reckon someone like the Bills, Baltimore, Baltimore might throw a second out there for him. Um, it's whether or not he thinks I'm quite happy where I am. Um, and I'll stick, or he takes the move. Well, like we said a lot last week, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. We have, we've taken a while to get to Jason Witten's retirement, non-retirement, welcome back to the Cowboys business. True. 50-odd minutes. And that's about as much as we're going to say on it, really. I think he's gone there to move into a coaching role after he retires. 100%. And $5 million smackaroos does help. <laughs> yeah. You can pay me to take 20 snaps, Dallas, and I'll charge you a million. Hello. Great work. Five million he got for that. I don't, I can't believe they paid him five million. Amazing. That's, yeah, it's a decent amount of money for someone who said he's, he's reported to get 20 snaps. Yeah, 20, even 50. Mental. We we put a, a high $2 bid on him because we're shy of tight end <laughs> in our dynasty. And we got beaten by $25 because someone went $27 on him. Yeah, good luck to him. In a $1,000 league, so it doesn't sound quite as bad, but it's still $27 <laughs> they won't be able to spend. Franchise tag news, Murph. Got a couple of minutes. The deadline is tomorrow at 9pm our time, so wherever you are in the world, work that out. Players who have been tagged so far are Robbie Gold. Yep. And D Ford. D Ford, and it looks like Donovan Smith of the Buccaneers, uh, as I sort of said a couple of weeks ago when we did the 
uh, analysis of free agents, uh, he will get the tag. Apparently, D Ford's up for trade. But T, yeah, D Ford apparently is up for trade. So um, it's an interesting thing with regards to where they've classed him as to how much he gets paid on the tag. So because they moved to a four three, they've uh, tagged him as a linebacker instead of uh, an edge. Right. Um, so as a result, he's he's basically being paid the franchise tag of linebacker money, and he's not being paid uh, edge or defensive line money, which is higher. So it's really clear that that classification there, and this is what I think when the CBA get, happens in 2021, they'll remove the classification of positions because what they're basically saying is because he's eligible when he does play both, um, well, we'll just pay him linebacker money because it's cheaper. It works out to be about 1.8 million cheaper, I think is how it works out uh, on his tag. But that will upset anyone. Um, and as a result, it's interesting now. Do they, They've they said that they're open to a trade. So we'll see what happens. I think clearly he's not going to agree a deal. So I think therefore um, that will yeah. be the end of it. So the thing is with the, the tag, it's, it's interesting. Basically, if you place the tag on someone, um, you have until July to negotiate uh, the, the, the longer term deal. So, like the Buccaneers and are working on a deal with Don with Donovan Smith, it's not going to get done before free agency. So they're going to put a, a tag on him with the view to getting a deal done. Um, because as soon as he signs his tag, i.e., when he comes back and he reports back to to camp, then the discussions have to stop. Right. So you can make your intention to tag him, but he doesn't officially sign the tag until he reports back to training. A bit like Bill. Similar, exactly that. So. Um, but once you sign the tag, you can't then negotiate the deal. So if he if you tag him, you have to basically try and get a deal next year. So you're you're only tagging a player now to keep them a year. So it's like a running back; you'd probably tag them a year and then let them explore the free agency market. Right. Um, or you believe you can work out a deal, or you're buying yourself time until you get a replacement. So they're really the, the only three scenarios you would tag someone. So you think they're at the end of their career or time with you and, you, um, and you're just basically thinking you'll kick the can down the road. I don't like this free agency class. I'll look at the next free agency class or the draft class or I'll draft someone to replace them but give them a year of workouts before I bring them in, something like that. So that's where you sort of kick it down the road. Interesting. And that's what the tag kind of allows you to do. Right. Okay. Talking of kicking it down the road, aren't you... Introduce me to the streets. Okay. We just don't have time for the 2.0, Murph. We'll have to do that some other time. Yeah. So, Murph on the streets for this week. So, these were the fastest official 40-yard dash times by linebackers since 2003. So, Shaquem Griffin um, ran a 4.38. John Alston ran a 4.40. And then this year, we've had three of the top five. Devin White ran a 4.42. Devin Bush ran a 4.43 and Gary Johnson ran a 4.43. So three of the five fastest times ever by linebackers in the 40-yard dash were run this year. It's pretty impressive. We mentioned it earlier, the game is getting faster. Exactly. There is some stats to to back you up. So um, we mentioned that Montez Sweat ran 4.41 seconds in the 40-yard dash. To give you some names of who he's faster than, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Devin Hester... Odell Beckham Jr., Sammy Watkins, Darren Sproles, AJ Green, David Johnson, Antonio Brown. The game is definitely getting faster. Well, do you know what? If Montez Sweat doesn't work out as uh, uh, in his position on the on the D line, then do you know what? He can just uh, take a couple of years <laughs> and go try at receiver because clearly he's quick enough. Talking of trying out a random position, as I was watching the quarterback, I didn't talk about this earlier, sorry Murph, I've interrupted the streets. I was watching the quarterback throwing at the combine, and, uh, and uh, none of them can throw. Uh, Kyler Murray obviously wasn't there. They throw the deep ball to the receivers. Nobody can throw a deep ball outside the numbers except Drew Locke. No. He's pretty good at finding the opposing corner, uh, shoulder, sorry, I should say. But everyone else is rubbish. Even Dwayne Haskins looked awful. Awful. Yeah, I... It's just mental. Like, it, it, it's so bad. But you know what, Mike? I, I had to turn that off because the coverage of it was so bad. Like, 
you when they were sitting there with the quarterbacks throwing, you didn't know who the quarterbacks were that were throwing the ball. Yeah. It would target the receivers. And then like when you're focusing on the receivers, it will tell you who threw the ball. It's like it focused on the wrong bit at the wrong time. Like trying to watch it was just absolutely mental. Like I'm trying to under- like I don't understand what I'm watching here. This is I found that the coverage this year was beyond poor. The best way to watch the combine is to watch it on mute and just make your own adjust- uh, assessments of who's on the screen at the time. Yeah, I think that's the best way. Yeah, I think that's probably the uh, the best way to do it. So. Um, in future, I think I might just stick to Twitter clips because I found it really difficult to watch over the weekend. It just it just annoyed me. So this is going to solidify your point about different groups being taller and faster. So the 2019 wide receiver group was taller and faster on average than any other wide receiver group at the NFL scouting uh, scouting combine since official data was tracked in 2003. So the average height of uh, wide receivers was six one and one eighth, which is the highest of all time. Their 40-yard dash time was 4.496, which was the fastest of all time. Um, their broad jump was uh, 10.3, which again, fastest of all time. And their vertical was 36, which was second of all time. The average vertical jump is three feet. That's in- insane. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. Average of all of them. It's crazy. That's like me jumping eight foot nine. Ten. Ten. Let's go. I'm doing a Kyler Murray. I'm extending my range here. Okay. I, there's no way I'm getting three. Three feet off the floor is phenomenal. Average. So which means a lot of people had to go over that. Uh, <laughs> Just to break the average. A, that's a stupid stat. There you go. Well, second all time. DK Metcalf ran the fastest 40-yard dash, 4.33, at the NFL scouting combine of any player weighing 225 pounds plus since official combine data has been tracked in 2003. There you go. He's fast. I'll give him that. This is, what, this is why everyone was blowing up on Twitter. It's a shame he... Can't do anything other than run in a straight line. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> and I had to end my boy uh, Noah Fan. So Noah Fan at the combine. Um, so his forty yard dash time we we covered uh, four point five zero. Bench reps he did twenty. His vertical was thirty nine and a half. Considering that his height isn't, he's not a very tall guy. Um, really impressive. Let me tell you his height. I think he's only. I think he's six four. Oh, so he's not short then. No, sorry, he's six foot and he's four. Yeah, six four and one eighth. He's not short. He's middle of the pack for the combine, fifty second percentile. So he's not short, but he's not not gouging tall. But he is heavier than Cameron Wake. He's faster than Antonio Brown. He's stronger than Calais Campbell. And he jumps higher than Pat Peterson. There okay. you go. Mic drop. That's, that that's, is how good he is. Yeah, that's an impressive set of stats. How is he not being taken higher? Like he's an absolute monster of a human being. Because unfortunately, he's got small hands. Well, he hasn't got that. He's middle of the road. I don't know. I don't know why he's not being taken higher. I love him. I think he's brilliant. Tight ends are on the rise. Get him into the league. The tight the tight end position needs more people like him. Um, I, I say I'm a no fan fan. I just hope he doesn't go to a team I cannot stand. If he turns up at the Saints, I will be sad. Um, but. And we can't, but no, you can't go Saints because we can't have two Saints jerseys on the wall. No. We need him to go to a team that isn't currently the Buccaneers, the Broncos, the Saints, Steelers. the Steelers, or Corey Davis's university team. <laughs> <laughs> Which he isn't going to do. Unless we have to get his university shirt. That could have uh, That's Ohio State, right? Uh, 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 Iowa State. Sorry, Iowa. College is not my thing. Yeah, Ohio's a good school. He didn't go to a good is, school. Is Ohio a shirt nice? I have no idea. I can't remember. I think it's white. Yeah, I think it is white. All right, let's get out of here before we talk any more rubbish. Go <laughs> find the podcast on all your favourite podcast downloadable app stations. Looking at listen out for us for a possible uh, radio Malta. You know, we might we <laughs> might we might be coming out on the radio airwaves in Malta. That's not guaranteed yet, but we're talking about it. And then give us a review, five stars. Just let us know you're listening. Let us how much you enjoy the podcast. And if you do. Get yourself one of the exclusive Five Yard Rush patches. So just on that, we've had a couple in the last few weeks, which is great. We still have the T-shirt to give away. We do. So that is still to give away. If you missed it, we announced it around Christmas time. Um, we'll share a picture of it when we get it. Um, there's plenty of stuff in the pipeline, plenty of good guests. Um, but please do subscribe. And yeah, if you could write us a review, 
that would be greatly appreciated, not just for the patch, but just for us. We want to do more things with the pod. We want to make it more visual. We want to make it more interactive. We want to get more guests. And the bigger reach and the bigger numbers we get, the the easier that makes it for us. So please do uh, write a review. Also, if you have any guest ideas of people you're desperate to hear from, promising nothing. Um, we are very, very lucky to have had the guests that we've had who have given up their time um, for you know, just to talk to us. Um, we've appreciated everybody we've had on and um, some of these guests we are looking to bring back very shortly. But um, if there is someone you're thinking, oh my God, I'd really love it if they came on the podcast, send it over. I will always ask. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I will always give it a good go. And Murph does try hard when getting guests because he does that for a living and he's he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy who negotiates well when people fall into our five-yard rush trap. <laughs> I don't think it's quite like that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, listen, it's it's about being respectful of their time. And we're very lucky at the fact that the community that we work in and, and podcast in are very generous with their time. And they all started where we did. Um, and they're very happy to come on. It's just um, obviously depends on the time of year and vacations and stuff like that. We do have some big guests in the pipeline um, that we're trying to close down. And we are going to do lots more, especially around the NFL draft. But if you do have ideas, please come and hit us up on Twitter. Our five-year-old rush. Yes. That was Mike's Murph's drop. That was good, wasn't it? Murph's mic drop. That's it. Until the end of the week, Rush Nation, this has been a pleasure. Don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.